This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. And we're back for episode three of Sports and Corks, and I'm Emily Jarenka. And I'm Emily Cornell. So thanks for joining us again. It was a great weekend in college football. Very exciting games. What was your favorite game of the weekend, Emily? Um, Like, hands down, my favorite game was when the University of Wyoming beat Mizzou in War Memorial Stadium. Um, It can't, like, college football can't start much better than your school winning and beating a Power 5 team. Yeah, who needs Power 5 schools, honestly? (laughs) Very overrated. This is coming from two people who went to non-Power 5 schools. So just a little bit of bias there, but it's fine. Yes. What was your favorite game of the weekend, Emily? Um, I think it was Boise State, Florida State, which we'll discuss later in the podcast because we have a guest who actually attended that game and traveled down there for it. Um, so we'll get to that a little bit later. But I really liked watching that game. Auburn and Oregon was also really good. I uh, was really pulling for Oregon. I don't even know why. It, I maybe they're just it's just because they're a West Coast team. But um, I was hoping for them to win. Uh, there was some good social media, some funny jokes about how they have a thousand different uniform combinations, but zero <laughs> titles to show for it. So that was kind of a funny. I think it, I think I saw it on Twitter. Um, yeah, but that was a really think- close game, uh, back and forth. Super fun to watch. So that was that probably was, my favorite besides Boise State and Florida State, which Boise State's, I guess what I would say is my college football team. Um, just being an Idaho resident for most of my life. So, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not mad about the Mountain West love, um, especially since the Mountain West Conference, people are like, it's kind of a crap conference. I'm like, that's a, that's fake news. But, um, back to that Oregon game, I had some friends who actually, um, drove up to Dallas to see the game and they were Oregon fans. And, um, what they said about the tailgating was that all of the Oregon fans were like very sporty and kind of like, you know, those thousands of Pacific Northwest. combinations of, yeah, they just like, they were wearing different jerseys and like, they had a look like you knew they were Oregon fans. Everything was branded and, um, the Auburn fans, oh my goodness, bless them. They showed up in like orange and Navy clothing, but it was like, they were dressed to the nines. Oh yes. <laughs> and my friends, um, that went, they are from Oregon. So they were like, what? are they doing why are women in high heels at a football game (laughs) yeah I did not realize until I attended the 2017 final four which um it was South Carolina UNC Gonzaga and Oregon it was like 
two polar opposite parts of the country. So you had the fans from Gonzaga and Oregon. Um, I don't even know how to describe the Pacific Northwest fashion, but lots of North Face kind of style apparel. Yeah, Obviously not in the heat of um, spring in Arizona. People weren't wearing puffy vests, but very much that style. Um, And then you had the... Oof, North Carolina and South Carolina fans. <laughs> I would honestly expect them to have been wearing like cowboy boots and cowboy hats, and it could not have been further from that demographic. Lots of kind of vineyard vine style apparel, which I would imagine is probably similar to what your friends saw as Oregon fans. Um, you know, gingham like checkered shirts of the colors of the team. Like berries and um, pink for the South Carolina fans. There's a lot of kind of maroon pants and then North Carolina pale blue, which that's a look. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I love the Carolina blue. Yeah, it was just very boat, very much boaty apparel, I guess is how I would describe it. Very East Coast. But anyways, continue. (laughs) It's, It's funny that you say that about like North Carolina. Um, because I feel like it's only UNC that's like that. And it, I might be wrong, but like, I didn't feel like, like NC State, I didn't feel like their fans when I like visited their campus and like saw their students. I was like, oh, they're not the same as like UNC. I feel like UNC is like on another level and is almost like being in like the South, which I guess like North Carolina definitely is the South, but like UNC takes it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so completely unrelated to the South, but (laughs) very much unrelated. Utah BYU is also, um, an interesting game. I attempted to stay up for the whole thing and failed for sure. It's a little bit late here. So, um, Yeah, yeah, same, but it was, um, there are moments that I was definitely questioning Utah and I'm like, oh no. Are they going to win the Pac-12? And is it just going to be, is the Pac-12 going to be a couple, a handful of just like so-so teams? And then only one is really people are paying attention to when it comes to um, like playoff time. Yeah. Tough, tough weekend for the Pac-12, I will say. (laughs) Uh, Not really the showing of a conference of champions, but uh, we did not mention in our first two episodes Washington, which has potential to have a good season. So we'll talk about them at a later date, uh, but probably not until they have a more exciting opponent. Uh, Maybe that Washington-Stanford game coming up um, early October. Or maybe we'll get to them before then. We'll see. But just wanted to also give them a shout-out. So uh, CSU is also a late game, but thankfully on a Friday they had a lightning delay, so... I don't think they started until like 8.30, maybe? Yeah, it was definitely a later... Yeah, because I remember I had thought it started sooner, and I was like, oh, when is this game going to start? And then saw that there was a delay, and it was like, Ralphie might not have run, and I'm like, what? What is the CU-CUSU game if Ralphie doesn't run? Yeah, (laughs) people get very upset if Ralphie doesn't run. Um, They get downright offended. They will like write to the department and be like... I was mad that I didn't get to see Ralphie run. Yeah, she's a buffalo. Come on. She can't be out in the weather. 
that people will literally say that, but um, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, so that game eventually got underway. It was definitely an interesting game. Uh, we talked about this obviously before the podcast recording, but it'll be interesting to see what happens next year when uh, it's kind of a mix of people who were recruited by the former CU coach and then people recruited by the current CU coach. Um, it's just kind of see how they mesh yeah. and whatnot. Um, and Colorado State uh, looks like they're getting better. So we'll see what happens there. They're on the up and I'm happy as a fan of the Mountain West Conference. Yes, representation. I love representation. As an alumni of the University of Wyoming, <laughs> oof, I wish Colorado State would just like not be the best in the Mountain West. I want Wyoming to always be better than Colorado State. Um, but it, it was good to see CSU have like moments of like really good and that they are building and like um, they could be on the up, which is like good for the whole conference, really. Yeah, definitely makes it stronger. So our friend Camden is with us, and he traveled to Florida for the Boise State-Florida State game this weekend. So first, you want to tell us about how your travels went since you could uh, get into where you needed to go with a plane. Yeah, so we took off Thursday. Our original intent was to treat this as like a little bit of a beach vacation. And so we said, well, we'll head down Thursday and we'll stay until Monday in Jacksonville. Um, obviously, we knew the hurricane was down there, and they had made an announcement Wednesday night that they were going to decide what to do with the game Thursday when I was in mid-flight. And so I didn't know until I landed in Jacksonville whether the game was canceled, whether it was moved up in time, or whether it was completely moved to Tallahassee, which then I found out right after I landed. So did you had you planned this trip far in advance, or was it kind of a last-minute decision? We've been planning for quite a while, for about four okay. months, once we knew the um, schedule was coming out, and we have uh, family, friends, a big group of us was traveling down, about 20 of us in total that we knew, and we were all staying at a hotel kind of outside of Jacksonville by about 30 minutes on the beach, so we had this planned, it wasn't quite last minute, um, and then everything had a shift Friday morning. Interesting. So did you guys have to change all of your accommodations and stuff since the game got moved or did you just go down for the day no we changed everything so my parents got in late thursday night at about uh it was like closer to midnight eastern time and so we basically just went to bed and we got up friday morning and we had to change everything um first we wanted to make sure we could get flights out so we changed our flights and then we got online to understand the ticket situation, which was a bit unique. Tickets were $10 for everybody. Uh, they just made the entire stadium general admission. And luckily, they refunded the tickets out in Jacksonville. So then we got our new tickets. And then with the hurricane coming, we were really worried about hotels. The first four hotels I called were completely booked up because of people moving to Tallahassee to get away from the hurricane. Uh, but luckily we found the hotel and it was just ironically where the team was staying because it was just a ginormous hotel in Tallahassee. So that was fun. Interesting. That sounds like a pretty crazy experience. So basically people who had paid a bunch of money for lower level, you know, like sideline kind of tickets, they weren't 
out a bunch of money and then having GA tickets just like everyone else. Exactly. It was, you know, we wanted to do this right. And so we found some really nice tickets in the, uh, it was originally in the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium down below that were, uh-huh. um, you know, I think they are $300 a piece. So that's $1,200 for four tickets. So it went from $1,200 to $33 after the uh, <laughs> fee. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so as we got closer to Tallahassee, our trip got cheaper. <laughs> nice. So were people upset at all about the ticketing situation or were people happy overall i think people were happy overall you know when you came that far from boise there was very few people who just gave up and said well i will just stay in jacksonville and forget about going to tallahassee it was uh, about a three-hour drive from our hotel it's about two and a half hours from downtown jacksonville so most people found uh, ways either through uber or a lot of people just carpooled rented cars things of that nature and i think everybody i knew that was going to jacksonville ended up in tallahassee Interesting. Uh, were there um, a lot of Boise State fans there? Kind of what was the mix of fans at the game? There were. So that stadium holds 80,000 fans, I think, is what I read online. The record at one time was 84,000 a few years back. The attendance at the game was 51,000 people, but it was so brutal hot that I would say 10, and I'm just guessing here, somewhere between 10 and 15,000 people left at halftime due to the heat and one due to the game just kind of being out of control, Florida State was really dominating at that point. And Boise fans, I would say, you know, somewhere between 2,500 and 4,000 fans is my guess. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's quite a trip. Pretty much from pretty much the furthest corners of the United States, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't get much further, but um, most people could get there through one connection. So a lot of people went through Dallas, a lot of people went through Denver. And a lot of people uh, went through Atlanta, so it wasn't too horrible. Gotcha. So would you would you say that um, like Mountain West teams, like the fans for Mountain West teams, are uh, they travel better than maybe the Power Five fans? Like, yeah, the game was in Florida, but like all those Boise fans were there, they were ready. And so do you think it would be the same if the Florida state fans were coming to Boise? You know, a lot of them talked that they were coming next year before the game even kicked off. And you saw a few downtown and they're like, yeah, we are absolutely planning to come to Boise. It, you know, we were joking that if every fan that told us they were coming next year to Boise, we we're going to have no Boise fans in our stadium. So I think they travel extremely well. Boise has been notorious for always having a really strong fan base that travels. Um, everywhere we go, people say, wow, I can't believe how well Boise travels. And I'm not sure if that's just because they are unsuspecting from a team from Idaho or what it is. But uh, for some reason, Boise fans always seem to find a way to make it to these big games. Maybe it's because Boise is, you know, one of the one of the top teams out West. And now they are, aren't they ranked? Yeah, they ranked 24th in both polls today. But that's exciting. I feel like it's Good kind time. of, it's like Boise is a town where that's what people really get behind as the sports team. And so um, people just really care a lot about it. I feel like Gonzaga is similar with college basketball. And so then a lot of people are just surprised by it because, you know, to outsiders or people on the East Coast, um, they think, oh, this is this kind of like smaller smaller city, smaller school, whatever, and they just don't really expect people to get behind it like they do. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. It's very similar to Gonzaga um, or that Spokane area where, you know, 
the closest sports team I think to Boise might be Salt Lake, right? And that's not even football yeah. <laughs> for the uh, Utah Jazz. No. So the closest football team might be Seattle or Oakland. I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's very, uh, very niche, I guess. Yeah, and, and those are pretty far. Yeah. I mean, you know, eight, at least eight plus hour drives. Yeah. Did you have any uh, funny tailgating stories or like any any funny things that you saw before the game or anything like that? Yeah, so they, they had a unique tailgating situation where just off the, outside of the um, bounds of the grassy tailgating area are three kind of big college outdoor bars um, that everybody flocks to. So we went down about three hours before the game and the bars right outside of the stadium were such a fun atmosphere. I mean, they were packed. People were really in a good mood. I have nothing but the nicest things to say about the uh, Florida State fans. I mean, every one of them was so sweet and welcoming and, you know, hey, come in, let me buy you a drink. What do you guys do? You know, what do you think of the game? So really cool tailgating story um, after the game. It it was a mix of people and probably related to alcohol. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) they were all really, really really nice people and, and great fans. That's good to know. I feel like Florida State fans don't always get the best reputation. So yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm a little biased there. I don't know. but Yeah, really cool. Really similar tailgating um, that you would see in the South, at least what I'm used to, is the big open fields, right? Which I think is so cool. Some of the other colleges can be so choppy and you have like a, a parking lot that's really like fits 20 cars here and another 20 cars over there. Uh, but this was just a big grassy field. So it uh, created a fun atmosphere. Hmm, cool. Emily, do you have any questions? I do. So like being at the game, like the game experience, like was it was it worth all of the like headache of, you know, the hurricane and then traveling and having to move venues, like watching Boise State beat Florida State? Like, was it worth I, it? I mean, it's easy to say after a win, but absolutely. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, had we lost, I, I still think it would have been worth it. It's really cool to see the traditions of each of these college um, and Florida State's unique in the um, course. And I don't know what they call the spear. Maybe, maybe they do just call it a spear, but um, in the Cito Campbell Stadium and and it was so hot. I went to Oklahoma State last year, and that game was hot. This one was right up there. They um, started to give away free waters uh, because people were the lines were getting so long with people waiting for water that they, they, people were getting you know ill. So they're like, we got to start to give away water for free. Um, so it was blistering hot, but um, it was a unique perspective. College football disaster relief. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. um, One thing that Boise does to prepare for this, and I don't know if this is unique for other schools or not, but they have an indoor facility and they close it up really tight and turn the heat as high as it'll go. And then they actually spray water into there to try to get the humidity up as high as they can to prepare for it. And they hydrate all week. And one of the things that the Florida State team was, our coach, Taggart, was saying today is that he thinks his team was dehydrated or not as hydrated as it should have been. There must have been a you know a handful at least of Florida State players that cramped up during the game and paused the game. And I, I don't recall one of Boise State players that cramped up. So it was it goes to show kind of the preparation. That you just never know what you're going to get. And I think that was really the difference. You know, they, uh, Boise just wore them down physically. Yeah, Florida State's conditioning a little embarrassing, I think, for them. Yeah. Um. 
Do you feel like Boise State's going to win the Mountain West? I don't know. If you look at the Mountain West over all of last week, boy, it was really impressive. I mean, Wyoming beat Missouri. Uh, wow, that's a huge win. Um, Air, or Hawaii went out and beat Arizona. I, I don't necessarily know how good Arizona is. Um, and there's another big one. I'm trying to remember who it was. It wasn't Utah State. Nevada beat Purdue. Fresno? Uh, Nevada beat Purdue, but Fresno hung tough with USC. Fresno ended up losing. And, and it's to be determined on how good Fresno, or uh, excuse me, Florida State is, right? Boise could have barely beat a really bad team. We don't know yet. It's so hard to tell after week one. So I, I'm not ready to say Boise is going to win the Mountain West just yet, but um, I, you know, they've got a good young core, and I'm excited to see what they can do with it. Oh, yeah. And like the Mountain West, like you just said, like Nevada, Hawaii, Wyoming, um, it's going to be a good it's going to be fun to watch the conference play this year and like um it would be good to see all of those teams just do very well and i mean maybe two of them make it to bowl games if not more yeah and then show up and represent well i mean we still have a few weeks here we like i mentioned we just don't know who's good and who's bad just yet um but those coaches at both Nevada, Utah State, and Wyoming, and even Fresno State are just great coaches, and it'll be interesting to see where those programs go. Oh, for sure. So are you going to any more Boise State games the rest of the season? No, it's going to be, yes. The answer is yes. I will go to some more for sure. If they keep winning, it's going to be really hard not to go to most of them. <laughs> um, I, wish I, I wish I could have gone this Friday. we got to take off early for a wedding Saturday morning, and I can't quite make that work. Otherwise, I would have been there. Um, but, yeah, the BYU games always a traditional rivalry for Boise fans. That's going to be a fun one if I can make that work. Um, going to Washington play Wyoming. Oh, and I'll be at Colorado State for sure. That's the Friday after th- after Thanksgiving. So I'll take a take an Uber up there or whatever and, and watch that. So that'll be fun. What do you think of BYU fans? <laughs> you know, I don't have the, quite the hatred that a lot of the other true Boise fans do, and I, and I don't know if it's hatred; it's just kind of a brotherly rivalry. But um, I haven't been to a game at BYU to fully experience that yet, so that'll be. Uh, oh, gotta I go. gotta go! Is what I'm told. You gotta go experience Provo. It's quite the place. I have been through Provo once for a lacrosse tournament, but yeah, they're. It, I think it's fun. They signed like 20 years or something, 20, 22 years, uh, Boise BYU rivalry. So it's, it, it's basically every year. So that's, it's a lot of fun. Was there ever a point during the game this weekend where you were just, you had lost hope or were you always optimistic? It, it was really weird because we, I mean, honestly, a lot of people did lose hope when we were down 31 to 13. And I don't know if it was losing hope, but you just thought, wow, this is a really a lot to overcome, but you're going to hang, you know, keep, keep hanging out and see what happens here because every single offensive possession, we drove down the field. And we'd then we'd fumble or we'd kick a field goal. I mean, our field goal kicker tied the record for five straight field goals um, in the game. That was a Boise State record. And so you just kept saying, wow, these guys, if they can just convert these to touchdowns and get a few stops, this game might shift uh, in momentum. And it kind of felt like we were wearing them down. But you just, and then when the second half started, it was like, four or five punts in a row. And that's really when I was like, oh no, this isn't going to happen unless we score on the next drive. And then we did. And the whole momentum kind of started to shift. And at that point, um, hope was restored. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Did you have any crazy weather because the hurricane was kind of incoming or was it just kind of normal? No, just sheer hotness. No crazy weather, no wind, yeah. um, no rain at all. So it, we got lucky. Well, we're glad you made it back safely to Colorado. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you. It was an exciting game and happy to share the experience. Yeah. Thank you. An insider's thank perspective. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So just heading into next week, what is your pick for the game of the week for college football or any other sport? Well, as I live in the great city of Austin, Texas, um, my game of the week is the LSU-Texas game. Um, Just because college game day is coming here. And while I will not be watching the LSU-Texas game because I will be at the Wyoming-Texas State game, I will probably be checking the updates for the LSU-Texas game because it will be a better game to watch. Um, LSU and Texas, both ranked teams, both are pretty good programs. And so um, I think that that will be like one of the better games of the weekend, to be honest. So that is my game of the week. What's your game of the week, Emily? Well, that would have been my game of the week, but I didn't want to just pick the same one as you, obviously. So oh. <laughs> I'll let you take that one. Um, my game of the Thank week you. then would be Texas A&M at Clemson. Uh, it's a you know matchup between two somewhat closely ranked teams, and uh, they're both pretty physical, physical teams. Uh, I always enjoy watching Texas A&M, probably because I'm a big fan of Vaughn Miller, which... He was a product of the Aggies, so I think that's where my love for them comes from. Um, But it's not – I don't – you know, I don't really know what Texas A&M's odds are of winning that game, what the real likelihood is. Um, But I think it'll be a good game, you know, between two somewhat closely matched opponents. Um, So that would be my secondary pick for game of the week. I think that's a good pick. Um, I had talked to my dad about this game because he was like, you know, I think I'm going to go bet on A&M. And I'm like, you are going to go do what? And he's like, yeah, they kind of they made Clemson sweat last year so they could do it again. Um, They have like a lot of the same players. So really they could give give Clemson like a run for their money. so it's a, it's a solid pick for a game of the week. Yeah, I mean, they definitely could. It's uh, at Memorial Stadium in South Carolina. Uh, and Clemson, I think, is favored by, I think last I checked, it was 17 and a half. So that's a pretty big margin. But especially considering the fact that Clemson is ranked one and A&M's ranked 12. But I think that there's potential for that to be a closer game than 17 and a half points. We'll see. Oh, for sure. And like Aggies travel well. Oh, they well. do. Yes, they definitely do. Kind of goes back to the Boise State uh, Gonzaga thing where there's just certain towns where everyone just gets behind the team and they travel yeah. well. And I think that that's one of those schools. So, Oh, for yeah. sure. And if you ask anyone who did not go to A&M in Texas, they're like, it's because it's a cult. <laughs> um I mean, isn't all of college football kind of a cult? Why why do why is it just AM that people are picking on because of their fans traveling very well? Yeah, I think college sports in general is very cultish. <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, if you went to more they had a decent team. Yes. So. Yeah, even if you didn't, like yeah. you can 
you can have a team that's just like subpar, but if you get people to buy in while they're students or if they're just community members, it's amazing what your community outreach program can do. Oh, definitely. Like they get people so involved, but, um, kind of shifting gears, still sports, but like not football, which is kind of off brand for us at this time of year. But the, uh, Naomi Coco tennis match as neither one of us are really tennis people, I mean, would you consider yourself a tennis person? I consider myself a tennis person that I own Lululemon tennis skirts <laughs> <laughs> that have never been worn to play actual tennis just to, to go to work functions. So that is the extent of my tennis experience. But it is fun to watch a very competitive tennis match. I will say that. Yes. And I agree with that. And I didn't really have, like, a ton of, I don't know why I was not like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, like, a huge match. But it was. um, But I want to talk about it because it's more significant than just, like, these two women um, competing at such a high level. But it's the fact that they are both women of color. um, And for – because tennis is, like, pretty white. Um, it's, it's kind of like golf. It's kind of why like everyone can like rally behind, maybe not everyone. I rally behind Tiger Woods and I'm, I'm happy to see representation because there's like a distinct lack of representation for people of color in sports like tennis and golf. Um, but so making that Naomi Coco, um, matchup just really impactful. I saw somewhere on Twitter where it was like, you know, this is, without Venus and Serena, this would not be possible. And like, part of me is like, well, like they're competitive athletes. They would have gotten there. But like at the same time, um, would they really have been accepted in like the tennis community had the Williams sisters not kind of paved the way um, in the sport for them? Yeah, it's definitely a fair point. It is cool to see um, women of color in that sport. Uh, just because it's not, not historically what you've seen. Um, and it's just, it is nice to see people breaking those barriers and I'm sure that will just continue to happen across sports. It seems like that's kind of how things are trending, which is nice. Oh yeah. It's, it's good to see that in like, you know, we'll see it in swimming. We'll see it in, maybe we'll see it in water polo. (laughs) Maybe that'll be the next big, that is a tough, uh, tough sport. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. So maybe maybe we'll start with tennis and golf and like, you know, maybe maybe not water polo because that is Don't put me down for water polo else. ever. Um yeah, I'm out on out. that. Um we're probably not gonna cover any water <laughs> polo. Um if you came to this podcast thinking sports meant like really every single sport girl you're wrong um (laughs) we probably we definitely focus mostly on basketball and football with a few little tangents into other sports but we pepper other sports in the way you should be peppering your food like we're big on it um (laughs) so what is your hot take of the week so especially after seeing the boise state florida state game this weekend My hot take of the week is that Boise State has a better football program probably over the past 10 years than I would say the bottom half of the Pac-12 schools. Uh, You know, that 
for to some people, I guess that would be a super hot take and to others, that would be a very <laughs> cool take. <laughs> but I think that a lot of people would disagree with that. Um, but, you know, I think they just, their record shows it. And I think they have a really great culture there. And I think that it is a culture of champions, unlike some of the schools <laughs> that are in the Pac-12. <laughs> and I can say this because now <laughs> I do not work in college athletics. So I'm allowed to have these opinions, which is great. That is a nice thing when you are no longer bound to a conference because they pay you. Not that the conference pays anyone, really. Yeah, I will definitely not have as many hot takes related to professional sports, <laughs> but that's okay. But I mean, that's fair. Um, I, I respect that. Um, I think my hot take for the week is that I don't think Alabama's going to make it Ooh. to to be like one of the final four teams. Um, I don't, I don't think they have it. I think that Nick Saban has a solid program and he had a nice little speech appreciated him, like supporting those young men and, and being like, we can't just not, we have to help them. Um, if someone makes a mistake, you don't just automatically like throw them away. But, um, well, that was the nicest thing I've ever heard Nick Saban say in my life. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Nick Saban. I don't think you're going to be one of the four. Just, I, I think Oklahoma might do it this year. All right. I think Boomer they will sooner. for sure be. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be an Oklahoma <laughs> fan, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's a an accurate call. Um, the Big Twelve, they're showing this week i think oklahoma looked very strong of all of them yeah yeah that's fair yeah yeah that is definitely a hot take yeah well we'll find <laughs> out when it's cold maybe it'll warm up maybe <laughs> just like how uh we thought the iowa state was gonna come out strong Ooh. Iowa State is going to bounce will. They back. definitely will. That was just a little bit of a tough, tough game to watch. Sweet. That was a hard as someone game. Who, I'm sure Matt Campbell. <laughs> as someone who had uh, no stakes in the game, no horse in the race, so to speak, uh, it was very entertaining to watch. But I can imagine for Iowa State fans, it would have been highly stressful. It, If you looked at Iowa State Twitter, it was stressful. Yeah. They were hot and i was like i need this game to end so i can go down to the texas tailgate um that game went on too long <laughs> yeah um iowa state fans specifically girlfriends or wives of iowa state fans were probably drinking a lot of wine this weekend would be my guess if their significant I mean, other was having them watch the game with them <laughs> It, it was a stressful game for all yeah. of them. They were probably all well. They were drinking wine, White Claw, or Iowa State fans. Beer. Big fan of Bush mm -hmm. Light. Yeah. yeah, they like they like that really Beer bad people. light beer. Like Beer for sure. It's, it's. I mean, live your best life. You drink it so that we don't have to. I will happily drink wine while someone else drinks bad. Did beer. you have any wine while you were out watching football games this weekend? So no. no, I was not a, a wine connoisseur on over That's the okay. weekend. Um, I I drank a nice hard cider, mm. and I drank 
hard seltzer, kind of shamefully. Um, but it's a new week. It's a new day. So I am drinking wine now, and I am drinking a bottle of wine that I got at Trader Joe's, my favorite store. It is a Chardonnay, and it is Saint Somewhere. And I thought it would pair better with my cheese board, but it did oh. not. But it's okay. It's acceptable. Out of 10, I rank it a 6. Oh, okay. That's not not the best, I will say. Probably not. Will not buy again, but do not hate drinking it. Okay. What are you drinking? Um, well, I'm a Pinot Grigio girl, of course. <laughs> Super basic. <laughs> um, shoot, what's the kind called that I have this week? Um, it has a really cute little bicycle on it. Oh, it's called Portlandia. Oh. Sorry, it's a Pinot <laughs> it's a Pinot Green. Um, it's from Oregon, obviously. So I'm very much drawn to things that I think are cute on bottles or just in life in general. Um, so the cute little bike on it was what kind of made me want to buy it, which I don't enjoy riding bicycles or really most <laughs> exercise. So it wasn't really anything to do with that. It was just nice nice graphic design so it's a pretty it's pretty good is that what you drank during football also this weekend it was yeah uh plus being from the pacific northwest being born in seattle um i do like my northwest wines so yeah gotta represent gotta represent from (laughs) with your wine choices um yes if there were always colorado wine choices when i was out in the world i'd be like yes give me the colorado wine Uh, but i wish no i wish colorado had more wines you can make it happen one day yeah maybe that'll (laughs) be my uh retirement venture doubtful because it sounds like having a winery is a lot of work but anyways (laughs) that's fine so uh you know sometimes when you go out on a date you have a glass of wine or two uh which kind of ties into our next topic there was a study released about the average price of a date in the united states which let me tell you i either i'm dating the wrong people my standards are really low i don't know and by dating, I mean, like, very occasionally going out on dates. Really the type of person that puts in, like, zero effort and has a very high expectation of just, oh, yeah, like, eventually this will all work out. But I'm, like, I don't want to put in the effort to actually go on dates with people because ugh, it's just not very fun. So, anyways, uh, in the state of Colorado, according to this study, the average price of a date is $110. Yeah, that's it's in in Texas it's 111 and there's like I've gone out in Texas and I've bought two meals like where it would be like oh if this was like a date this would be a date it'd be like less than 30 bucks. Oh for sure. Like whoever did this study is high. Like where are people going for dates? Like what? Yeah, I sent this to my brother because he lives in Seattle and the cost, the average cost for a date there in the state of Washington was one ninety five. And he said, where are these people going for a date? The Metropolitan Grill, which is a super fancy steakhouse in Seattle. It's like steak and seafood. Um, but yeah. Ugh. Maybe that's where they are going. And maybe in Colorado, they're going to uh, Elway's. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, certainly no one is taking me to Elway's. 
I mean, girl, same. It's but looking at other states like North Dakota and South Dakota, like it's like roughly forty bucks. I feel like that's like that's reasonable for like a nice state. Like if this was yeah. like the average the average price of like a really nice state, like yeah, that that checks out. Like I'm sure there are places in well, I don't I don't know any big cities in North Dakota or South Dakota. Uh, ooh, I, yeah. Shout out to the folks in Grand Forks, I guess. Like, let me know. <laughs> let us know, really, if if you can go anywhere and you spend forty two dollars on a date. We're interested because this study seems rigged. Yeah. I mean, either that or we're definitely, when we do go out on dates, going out with the wrong people. Are um, we dating scrubs? Is this what probably. we're discovering? Is that we only date scrubs? Probably. That would, that seems about right. Ooh. <laughs> well. um, but it was interesting because I thought that seems $110 for a date. And like even in Denver, that seemed kind of a lot to me. Yeah. Um, especially, I guess in my mind, I was thinking like a first date. So it's not something super fancy, but not like, like you're probably not going out to like a pub. I don't know. Maybe you are. I don't. Okay. So I also saw this on Twitter. Um, so someone was like, coffee's not a first date. And I was like, wait, what? Well, it's not. What? Why? And they were like, oh, I just don't like enjoy having it as a first date. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that checks out. Like. I feel like coffee or like drinks is just a very safe first date. And so I would assume it doesn't really factor into these numbers because that's like oh, no. maybe $20. So like, let's say it's like the date that they actually like a dinner is bought, yes. a meal is bought. But I still feel like unless it's like a very serious long-term relationship, people are not spending a hundred and ten dollars like you can go to like a really fun nice place in downtown denver and still like you probably spend what 50 bucks yeah i mean like i I went out to mexican for dinner tonight and it was like 20 bucks with two margs yeah so yeah and I mean, granted, it was not on like Larimer Street or something like that. But still, I mean, even if you went somewhere there, like if you're not going, like if you're going to kind of a middle of the road, like, you know, they have lots of craft options, whatever, but it's not like, it's not outweighs, you know, um, which I feel like is, you know, you kind of go to a middle of the road place probably for a first date. Uh, yeah. I would think it would be more like, you know, say you have two drinks and you each get an entree um, after tip and stuff, I would think that it would be more like maybe 60 or 70 bucks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. 110 just seems like a lot, but maybe we need to raise our standards. I feel like we have, okay. Maybe, maybe we do. Maybe that's our, Let us know new, your thoughts. New yes, please do. Because we, are so unsure about these numbers. They do not make sense um, to us. And maybe if they don't make sense to you, uh, so the the study was done by match. So maybe they need to redo their study and get a bigger sample size. Like maybe they only pulled like five people in each state and they were all rich people. You know, maybe they're pulling from people who are on like the league or what's that one? What's that dating app for celebrities? 
Oh, I don't know because uh, neither one of us are celebrities. <laughs> Maybe they're pulling from people who are on those apps. I don't know. Um, uh, and I- but yeah, maybe they're pulling from Match. Like I maybe Raya. because people who Raya are, is the the app. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to revisit that and discuss that because I'm yes. very interested by that. It is intriguing yeah. for sure. Other things that are pretty intriguing. Um, Netflix continues to want more brown people to pay for their subscription uh plot twist netflix we are paying we are happy just keep putting out content that's good um but the the show called rhythm and flow yeah it looks super good um so it's netflix's first music competition series um and the judges are cardi b ti and chance the rapper um and it comes what a trio. Yes, really great. Uh, based on the teaser, Cardi B looks hilarious. I'm very excited yep. about that, um, <laughs> which is not that surprising based on her social media. Uh, but it comes out on October 9th, so that's something to look out for in the next month. But basically, yes. it, it sounds like it's uh, like they're the judges and it's a music competition show um, for rap and hip-hop artists yeah. or aspiring artists i guess um yes yeah fear fear not we will come back with our thoughts on this just like in a couple weeks we'll come back with our thoughts on the dennis rodman 30 for 30 that comes out on tuesday yes the 10th of september like fear not we will follow up on all the pop culture we're here for it i will not be hanging out with anyone on tuesday night because i will be watching the 30 for 30 and bachelor in paradise so Making plans with no one that evening. <laughs> Not ashamed. Uh, you should have no sh- Live your best life. Yes. Live authentically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. All right. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. I feel like it'll be really interesting 30 for 30. And then, you know, I always like your Bachelor in Paradise updates. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a very, uh, after we're done recording this, I'm going to watch the episode that came on tonight um but it looks like it'll be pretty good Ooh, well there's your plug for bachelor in paradise do you have any other personal plugs for the upcoming week uh not really just again if you're in the denver area come drop off your sports equipment on saturday at the pepsi center Ave for a lot and you'll get two tickets to an abs or nuggets preseason game of your choice and they're lower level um or club tickets so they're pretty good seats uh, so yes. basically every car gets a voucher. So just come by and drop off stuff. Shouldn't take much time out of your day. That's from nine to noon on Saturday. So that's really my only plug for the week, I think. All right. Go do the right thing, folks in Colorado. Go donate and get free tickets to things. Yes. What more could you want? Yes, definitely. <laughs> what about you? Uh, so my plugs are always go check out the Tailgate Society for any updates on sports or really life we kind of just write about all the things um and although we are not an iowa state website there are some things about iowa state um so be sure to read from those fans that were kind of clenching on saturday um and then if you are wondering where to listen to this if you've been going to the website or finding us on twitter um you can find us on apple 
you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google. Um, really, just like Google Sports and Corks, and you will find this podcast. Um, so what we really want you to do is subscribe because we know you want to hear a sports update every week from us um, because we also tell you about the wines we're drinking. And then um, rate and review us um, because you're, we want to know how we're doing. Like We need the feedback. And as always, feel free. If there's something that you're like, you all miss this, um, DM us. Like We're both on Twitter. Um, there will be a Twitter specifically for the podcast that you can start DMing here shortly, and it'll be Sports and Corks. What a surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just remember to su- subscribe, rate, and review. And that's all I've got. Yeah. We have an average right now of five stars on iTunes. And that's not just one rating or two <laughs> or three or four. It's nine. It's nine. <laughs> so you all really yeah. like us. <laughs> Keep telling your mom to listen to us too. We only have, yes, we're, I wouldn't say that we say anything that's not good for moms to listen to it's pretty friendly for all We're mom friendly yes, yes. Um, our moms would be proud they would so, we have one review so that has actual text so definitely do more reviews leave us suggestions um and sports and quirks for the record has an and sign if you're searching not just A-N-D, an and sign. Yes. So don't get that twisted and you know what to search for. Yes. So come find us. We're fun. And we, you know, we'll have all the sports things. Yeah. So Enjoy the weekend of great college football that I'm sure is to come. Yes. Thank you for listening. Emily and Emily, sports and courts.